Oh, that was really fast. That was pretty fast. Oddity Files Podcast. Well, we're back. We're back in the States, people. We had a, well, I had a blast in London. Clayton and DJ Jimmy had already been there a week and a half and partied their asses off in Berlin. We did. We didn't really think about it. So we, because of flight costs, we went in even a day earlier than we were supposed to because it was several hundred dollars cheaper than going the day that we needed to. So it was just us the first couple of days. And we were just like bopping around Berlin and we come across these nightclubs, which we didn't even mean to. We were actually checking out the longest remaining uh, portion of the Berlin Wall. Cool. And um, then we're like, oh, like, what are all those lights over there? So we go over there. And you didn't hear the Oons Oons music? Is it Oons Oons music over there? I don't even know. It depends on the ones you go to. Um. Some are, but some are like very transy. And people are just like swaying back and forth and their heads are just like rotating. That had to be interesting. I'm not judging, but interesting. No, but we weren't at that one for long. Okay. (laughs) But it was funny because they all say they close at like 7 a.m. That's insane. I can't even stay up till 3 or 4 or whenever the hell the bars close out here. And here's the thing. We talked about it and we're like, there is a reason that bars in the States close at like 3 or 4. It's not because people get too drunk. It's because your ass just needs to go to bed. Yeah. Preach. Mine's more like 8 p.m., but whatever. The one night that we got home, the one night we got home at like five thirty in the morning, and then had to be up at like nine the next morning. Oh, that th- no. <laughs> but the thing was, we weren't even drinking a lot. We were just really Exhaust- tired. I think part of a hangover is just you're fucking tired. Yeah, absolutely. But it was really cool. Um, it blew our mind the amount of American music that is played. It's like all American music in the clubs. It, you know, it was like that back in the 80s, early 90s when I was there it's as so well. It's so funny because people are like screaming the lyrics with like... Accents. A, accents. Because <laughs> you know they've, for the most part, not really a clue what they're actually Mm-mm. saying. Yeah. It was just... It was a lot of fun though. Um, in London, we got to meet some new friends. We did. And it was... Talk about another long night. Oh, oh my God. It was so much fun. So there's another paranormal podcast out there y'all should check out. It's called Not for the Dinner Table. And we met the hosts... In London, we um, met David, and I keep calling him David, but he goes by Dave online. I call I called him David today, and TJ was like, "Who?" I was like, "David." No, I I love it because I can go and I can go, "Ew, David." Uh, anyway, Shit's Creek, awesome. You should watch it. But they were amazing. David came out a little early. We actually put him to work at the day job for a little bit, and he loved every second of it. It was amazing. And then Sophie came in and they are just our kind of people. I know. And I hated it when they first got there because we were so busy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're going to think we're the most standoffish assholes in this whole world. Because <laughs> yeah. I kept saying, like, I'm so sorry. I've got to go do this. Same. And then and it just let them standing there. But like you, as you and I both know, when we are like in the heat of especially a show like that. Right. We have to do that with a lot of people. <laughs> we do. And um, honestly, they just stood next to me and watched me shoot photos 
yelling the entire time, ready, next, ready. And they were just in awe. That's so funny. Well, was, and then uh, David came out to the front of lines and was helping just answer questions because he just loved it. <laughs> it was awesome. And then uh, Sunday night, we drank a lot of bourbon. We drank a lot of bourbon. And talked a lot of ghost stories. And Sophie has invited us out to her house to investigate it because yeah. it is totally haunted. The bed and breakfast. Yes. Unreal. She sent a picture this morning so cool. of a rug moves every night. Yeah. Oh, I like just cramp. cramp. <laughs> oh, this is a second. It happened on the way here and I thought it was going to crash. It's. Oh, well, that's not... It's probably you're de- dehydrated. I think I'm growing. <laughs> you can't get any taller. I was looking I at a... that video we posted the other day. We'll get to why the video was posted um, that we took in London to promo right. season two. And I looked like a freaking midget next to you and Carter. <laughs> you're not allowed to grow anymore. <laughs> uh, I was so happy to get home. So I <laughs> forgot like my like face trimmer oh god and so it was, you're a little fuzzy yeah and it's like gross and so splotchy and like it just looks weird and it turns redder the longer it gets absolutely <laughs> we had not been home in the door 10 minutes and i was like Bruh. it was <laughs> just driving god. me insane and i hate <laughs> so my mustache grows like twice the speed as everything else oh that's weird and so when it mine too <laughs> no just kidding when my mustache is like in my peripheral vi- vision it just freaks me out <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just always am conscious of it. And I'm like, just just oh, go away. I crazy. even tried at one point. So we had like a razor. Yeah. So I tried like with a comb, like <laughs> holding it up and just razoring yeah, over the comb. Got some Didn't scissors. Work. That might have worked with the comb. It was just uh, pulling. But really. you, you look very dapper, very handsome. So thank you for trimming that thing. Thank you. I did you it were for the podcast. A little grizzly Adams going so on. So my mustache wasn't scraping the <laughs> yeah. this thing. But we have huge news. Oh, we do. Finally. Finally. You probably thought it was never going to happen. I thought it was never going to happen. There are two seasons of Oddity Files. Regardless of where you live. Reg- in, well, in the UK and the US. Right. And I am so fucking excited. And I watched it as soon as I got home because I could. And and you wanted to make sure it was true. Yeah. <laughs> well, first and foremost, Absolutely. People are loving it. I loved it. I know. Um, people are already asking about season three. I'm, I'm like, like chill, listen. people. <laughs> you have no idea how stressed out I've been the last four months about uh, this. But it is so exciting that it's finally it there. Yeah. And people are watching and the Even stats are coming meant, in. We had to forfeit one episode. We did. There is a lost episode that you can only watch on YouTube right Maybe now. Maybe we will have like a re-release once we're big and famous. Um, you know, with some of the episodes that never became episodes. Oh, that would be fun. Right. But not till we're big and famous. Yeah. But you guys need to watch it just so you know we are an independent podcast. We're mm-hmm. not making any money off this at all. But if you watch Oddity Files on Amazon Prime, we make a teeny tiny little bit of money. Right. So please watch it. Um, it helps fund our investigations. It helps uh, fund equipment for this podcast. And we have merch. We do have that merch. That helps fund this kind of stuff as well. If you go to oddityfiles.com, you click on shop. We've got three shirts right now. Three. Yeah. I, I like that new one I made. Me too. Ghosts don't scare me. People do. Do you I notice know. the stick figure has like a little serial killer knife in his face? Yeah. 
I know. But check it out. Buy it. Support local indie reality shows and podcasts. There's a couple, actually, stories in the news that oh. I feel like I should touch on. The first, I'm sure you guys have seen it. I've had it sent to me via all social networking at least a hundred times. But have you seen this video of the Michigan couple who claims they captured a ghost on their nanny cam? Uh, I, it's a baby. Oh, you I might want to come so. here. Yes, because okay, yeah, it was everywhere, and it looks legit. I mean, it looks it's like creepy. an actual humanoid creature walking across. Yeah, one of my friends posted it on Facebook. And I think I commented because I'm like, this is why I'm against yeah, video yeah. baby oh, monitors. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you expect to happen? Well, I would rather know than not know. No, baby monitors just in general scare. Just they actually scare me. I might have a legit phobia of baby monitors. Really? Yes. They're terrifying. Well, I, I one of my first paranormal experiences I, was with a baby monitor. Yeah. Um, I heard it tell my son to shut up when he was having a crying fit well, um, then, but that was when it would cross over with wireless phones and things like that but so. then there's that scene in insidious where it happens and then she runs up to the baby's room and there's like a figure standing like behind the little like net that went was over the cradle or whatever oh and i'm like no good comes from baby monitors. I need to rewatch the Insidious movies just because you reference them so often. I just really, really do like them, especially yeah. if you watch them like back to back to back. Because I've only seen the first one and I was like, oh, I feel like they've just tried to be too artsy here. Oh, no, because when you watch the second one, you're like, whoa, because there's so many things like in the background of scenes in the first one uh-huh. that you, that didn't even you don't even pay attention to watching it. But mm-hmm. when you watch the second one, it's like that actually was something. Oh. So when you watch them back to back to back, they're actually really great. Maybe I'll have to do that during daylight. But the other uh, event, I guess you could say, that's in the news, um, VIP Jim sent me, there is a Bigfoot festival happening less than two hours from Cleveland. Hmm. I kind of sort of want to go. Um, you know who will be there? Who? Our friend from Lexington. From oh <laughs> Greg Yost, <Bigfoot> Greg. <laughs> he will definitely be there. So it's in Lore City, Ohio, and it's May fourth, twenty nineteen, and it looks like it's going to be a good time. So I'm sure you just kind of Google Bigfoot Festival. Um, Do they need a live podcast? Oh, maybe we should. Maybe y'all should tell them they need a live podcast. We'd have to do Bigfoot stories. Blow them up. Blow them up. Um, but I thought that'd be kind of cool. That would be really cool. We went to the Cryptid Con last year, which was fun, where we met Greg Yost, and it was part of our Higginsport episode from season one on Amazon It was Amazon part of Prime. our Harrodsburg Herald episode. Yes. Yes, it was. It was a good time. So that's what I had for Paranormal in the news. Did you have anything further? Uh, Bigfoot. There was a traffic incident involving Bigfoot in Bloomington, Indiana. I totally fell for it. Kitsy and I both, so she sends me this article. She's like, look at this. And it was literally like a traffic incident with the that happened Monroe right here County. in Monroe County. Sheriff was reporting. And it was like, it's the first confirmed case of a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time that in the um, Monroe State Forest, or what's it called? Yeah, Monroe, Monroe Morgan Monroe County Forest is where I live. And yeah. then it's the Hoosier National Hoosier Forest. Hoosier National Forest. Um, 
we're like there have to be big feet in there um and so she sent me this and we were it was like in the morning or something Mm -hmm. while we were in london and i look at dj jimmy and i'm like oh my gosh this literally happened just south of the lake that we go to yeah and like you could tell see the excitement in my eyes Mm -hmm. and he literally goes it's april fools (laughs) and i was like Damn when it. I read it, I'm I'm scrolling through it. I'm reading through it. I'm like, of course it fucking happens when I'm not even anywhere near it, <laughs> and blah 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 blah. And then I'm I keep reading it. I keep reading. I'm like, oh fuck. I know. Clayton tried to April Fool's me last night. It's April first. I know. So. And I was like, I'm so mad. I know. Hannah from um, from the our live podcast. She was our hometown story. Yes. She had tagged me in that because uh, she's in Bloomington as well. My hopes were through the roof. Yeah. But for just a second, I was like, what is the world going to be now? In Bloomington, of all, of how all, convenient. All. And it was actually the state like sheriff's department, sheriff's that, department that posted, posted it. it. It was brilliant. <laughs> well done, guys. Sure as hell fooled me for a sec. Oh, well, I've got stories. I have stories. Well, I have a story. Um, and it kind of goes along the theme of, you know, season two, making it on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. And I am not going to say that too many times, people. So prepare to hear it often. Um, are you first? Did you already tell us who's first? No, I haven't. Oh, Is I thought first? you did. Oh, shit. It's yeah. fine. Chill I didn't out. really say anything. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, you're good. Eddie, but now I, I know Eddie. That... <laughs> Jim, Jimmy, cut that out. I know how Jet excited lag. you are. Oh, so I had lunch with my mom today when I went to pick up Coda. Uh-huh. And um, she was telling me how funny she thought it was that we were calling her bitch face Martha. Everybody, I'm like, well, it. Fits. Everybody likes the fuck Teresa tagline from last uh, week as well. And then she was like, uh, she said, I just went blank. What did you say right before this? Oh, <laughs> she was like, I always laugh because Kitsy says, DJ Jimmy, cut that out. And he never does. <laughs> and she's like, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I wanted to be like, there are a lot more times that we say that that he actually does cut out. <laughs> Not too many, though. <laughs> yeah. I keep it for the humor. I appreciate it. What kind of? Okay, so mine, I, I was like, I was searching for something very different. Mm-hmm. And then when I found this, I was like, oh, I'd love to watch you actually well actually be in your head while you kind of search for stories because I bet it's fucking interesting as hell. I know. <laughs> it really is. Sorry, I'm changing my view so it's like full oh, screen. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, don't zoom that close. Good Lord. That's how I have to have it. Wow. <laughs> I know. It looks like an actual teleprompter. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I memorize all my stories. <laughs> <clears throat> so... The James Dean death car. Ooh, I know a little bit about this, and I love this story. Oh, Mysteries at the Museum. Um, actually, CSI did a, a, oh. a episode on A lot of things have done episodes on it. So James Dean just got this car while he was waiting for his ultimate racing machine, a Lotus MKX, that was delayed. So it starts with the spider. Um, it wasn't even the car Dean himself was after. But being able to race again was something that he wanted. Like, that's just essentially what he wanted. I mean, he's fucking James Dean. Exactly. So the spider was customized by George Barris, who went on to design the Batmobile, 
which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that. Um, also, it had a funny nickname, Little Bastard. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right? Did he have vanity plates? Uh, probably not. I bet he did. Um, so Little Bastard was numbered 100 or 130 on the front side and back of the car. It had um, tart, tartan. Is that how you say it? Tartan. tartan plaid? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It had tartan on the seating and two red stripes at the rear of its wheel well. Bill Hickman was the person that gave him gave it the nickname of Little Bastard. And Dean asked a guy named Dean Jeffries to paint it on the car. I don't know who any of these people are, but a lot of names come up because they're involved. And Oh. So did it say why he called it Little Bastard? No. Hmm. It didn't, but... He must have known something. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> You okay? <coughs> Demons. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Airplane air. If I get the hiccups, I'm going to be pissed. When I cough really hard, I get the hiccups. Does that really? happen to anybody else? No. When okay. I drink too much, I get the hiccups like fucking Tom and Jerry. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so as the legend of Cars Energy, as the Cars Energy begins, after picking up the car, um, Dean asks another person, whose name I won't mention, so DJ Jimmy has, doesn't have to put in the story, to look at the car and... This unnamed person told him that the car looked sinister. Ooh, that's which, like, I mean, that's badass. Yeah, though, for a right? car. Yeah. yeah. But he told Dean that if he didn't get rid of the car, James would be dead in a week. Oh, I'm like, why? That's a bold statement. Was it like super torquey? I'm making up. No, words I mean, I've heard my husband say right now. No, it's just a very standard looking like. I'm talking like motors and like was it like super fast? I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. How many horsepower? But, Not that it makes any sense to me. <laughs> um, the guy was right. It was exactly one week later the fatal crash took Dean's life. Oh, shit. Right. I never heard that part. Yeah. So this guy wasn't the only one that had feelings from the car. Okay. Dean's current girlfriend at the time refused to even get in the car. Um, and a couple of his others, other friends expressed feelings of unease around the car. Hmm. Right. Which I'm like... Why? But, yeah. you know, who knows? So um, when that guy verbalized his concerns to Dean, um, he was brushed off with Dean saying something like, I'm destined to die in a speeding car, like die doing what you love. You know, that yeah. kind of like typical thing a race car driver or someone who just loves speed would say. Yeah. Myla Nurmi was horrified when she saw the spider, um, even going as far as leaving a warning note on the windshield for him. Which I'm like, I don't know why all these people are coming for his I mean, car. It's, it's just a car. It's just a car. They're all just jealous. Yeah. But and they were right. There was just a long list that goes on, even like his family members that just had were like scared of his car. And in my so mind, weird. he only had it for a week before he died in the crash. What, so did he show like, the entire country this car? Right, I know. Was he like, <laughs> it's not like he was posting it all over Instagram. Well, yep, that wasn't <clears> a thing. But... Whatever. Um, so the quote "little bastard" was supposed to be trailered to um, Selena's, um, which I'm not sure where that's at, but here we are. It sounds um, fancy. But at the last minute, <laughs> mean it. At the last minute, Dean decided to drive her and took the mechanic with him, leaving the others in his group following behind in a station wagon that he was supposed to be in. So. At 3.30 p.m., Dean was pulled over and giving a speeding ticket for doing 65 and a 45. This, I'm not making up. At 5.59, Donald Turnipspeed, 
No. And that's the actual name. <laughs> was driving home from school um, for the weekend in a 1950. Poor unfortunate child. I know. But it's like, listen, of course he's going to have a car crash. <clears throat> he was driving home from school for the weekend in a 1950 Ford Custom Tudor Coupe and traveling in the opposite direction from the Spider. The two cars collided head on in the intersection. Um, Dean was pinned in the Porsche with a broken neck, among other injuries, and died in transport to the hospital. Um, the mechanic was thrown clear of the car but suffered a broken leg, a broken jaw, and a few internal injuries. Surviving the crash, he would later go on to perish um, in 1981 in an auto accident. Really? Yeah. It was a convertible, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So turn up speed, the other guy, <laughs> suffered only minor injuries and refused medical t- um, attention. He was not cited for the accident and has never publicly talked about it. Really? Yeah, crazy. But, I mean, think about it. People were probably out for his life. He killed yeah. James Dean. He probably went into hiding. I would have. I would have. Yeah. Little Bastard was mangled and nearly like torn into, looking like what they said, a crumpled pack of cigarettes. Which makes wow. sense. Like At the time, those cars had like no safety standards. Mm-mm. Like They just... Anytime they were in a wreck, they all looked like that. You were lucky if they had seatbelts back then. <clears throat> um, so a guy named George Barris purchased what was remained of the car, um, selling off the engine and the chassis, uh, both to like race enthusiasts. Okay. So the two tires that survived the wreck were sold to a young man in New York. It was rumored that when the car arrived at Barris's garage, it fell and broke the mechanic's leg. What? Yep. Um, however, there are many, many things that did in fact happen that other people say didn't happen and yeah. there's a lot of like hearsay because like if something like that happens in a garage how is there a public record yeah of course barris loaned out the wreckage to the state highway patrol in various locations to um dis- discourage speeding which i'm like they do that in front of high schools yeah i was just gonna say like before prom they'd bring out the right like don't drink and mad drive. moms against drunk right. drivers or whatever so on October 21st, 1956, both doctors raced their cars with pieces of Little Bastard in stalls in their car. Why? Yeah. One of the guys' cars spun out of control, hit a tree, killed him instantly. Oh, fuck. The other guy was seriously injured when his car rolled going around a curb in that same race. Hurting him, like, hurting him very badly, but it didn't kill him. <sighs> but some say it wasn't the chassis that caused the accident, but... It's still a crazy coincidence. So that was the pieces that were in it was the actual chassis? Yeah. Okay. Of that guy's car, the guy that got really hurt but didn't die. Okay. I don't know what part the other guy had that did die. But like, like the clock. The first race that they were in with pieces of that car, one died and one almost died. What else. are the chances? What are the chances? Yeah. That fucking little bastard. <laughs> the two tires that went to the young man that was reported to um, have both blown at the same time. And he lost control, and he ended up in a ditch. Okay. Who puts... <sighs> a car that got mangled. Who like? Who puts used tires <laughs> from a smashed up fucking car on their car? I'm, I don't know a whole lot about cars, but I'm just saying that doesn't sound like a good idea. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So... I digress. A, like, car part enthusiast ripped his arm open on a jagged piece of metal when he was trying to st- uh, steal the steering wheel out of it. Well, if you're stealing shit, you deserve that shit. Good job, right. little bastard. Um, 
Another person tried to like break into the sword unit and steal a piece of the blood-soaked upholstery. Oh my god! And he was extremely injured, like while trying to do it. So the first guy gashes open his arm because he's trying to steal the steering wheel. Another guy breaks in and tries to steal blood-soaked upholstery. Is it James Jeans's blood or asshole thief's blood? That's a great question. I'm assuming it's James Dean's blood. Yeah, probably. Because that's probably why he wanted it. While being stored in a garage in Fresno, California, the garage caught fire and everything except the Porsche was destroyed. Okay, just fucking take that thing to a junkyard and smash just that shit up. Just bury it or just yeah. like put it in the ocean. Yeah. Um, like make a like a coral reef out of it. Yeah, for sure. But so this whole garage burns down and there's not even a scratch on the Porsche. Naturally. What? Yeah. A lot of this I haven't heard. This is crazy. And this, I couldn't find any like confirmation, mm -hmm. but I saw it multiple times. So I'm like, it might be true. Yeah. That while on display in Sacramento on the anniversary of Dean's death, the car snapped a bolt and fell off of a pedestal, um, severely hurting a student that was standing near. Oh my God. Right. Just get rid of the car. Yeah. Later, in route to Salinas, the same damn place they were going. The guy transporting it lost control of his truck and was thrown free of the cab to die when little bastard fell off the flatbed and crushed him to death. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, people, when are we going to learn our lesson? Little bastard is out for fucking blood, okay? I wish that I was making these up. No, I know you're not. So and let me ask a question. So there were parts here and parts there. Did they try to rebuild it and then that's what they're trying to do? Well, so like that around? guy that bought majority of it, Okay, he like rehabbed it a little bit okay i'm assuming or I, I think so yeah i mean it's memorabilia at that point it's just right. fucking cursed memorabilia cursed so um so that happens falls off flatbed crushes got to death and that talk about a, a series of unfortunate events <laughs> yeah. not only does he lose control gets thrown from the truck he then is crushed by the satan car i can't even fucking figure out the logistics i know <laughs> so um Two years later, a fatal freeway accident happened when it fell off another flatbed truck. I'm not, I'm not lying. Where are they getting their fucking ratchet straps from? I think they're faulty. Um, in 1958, a truck transporting the car was parked on a hill and smashed the windshield of the car behind it because the brakes gave out. Um, in 1959, on display in New Orleans, the Porsche fell off um, or fell apart into 11 pieces. Barris, this guy who bought it, uh -huh. apparently um, having an, just enough of it. Yeah. If it killing several people wasn't I mean, enough already. Is he responsible for that? I don't even know. So he shipped it, uh, shipped it back to I get wherever it came from in California, but it said, however it was shipped, that the person never got it, and no one's seen the car since. Get the fuck out. I swear. However, on the 50th anniversary of Dean's death, the passenger door of the car was placed on display at the Volvo Auto Museum in Illinois. Uh -huh. And how they managed to find it, I no like no one knows. Nobody knows. Literally no one knows. And I looked and I couldn't find it. There's currently a $1 million reward for what's left of Satan Little Bastard. Well, I think somebody put on their fucking thinking cap and said and put it in the ocean like we just said. Except for the door, apparently, allegedly. I don't even know the guy. The remaining mechanical parts are reported to be with one of Dean's relatives, but again, that's just hearsay. Yeah. Um, and a few years back, it was reported that a piece 
was sold on eBay stating that it was a piece of that car. But again, who Nobody the hell knows? knows, yeah. But there were just way too many things that happened that I was like, that's not a coincidence. No. Like, these things don't happen. And even if they were just like accidents, this car is killing people like, left and right. Loads of people. So the original story that I was like going to try to find, you know how we always talk about how we're terrified after investigations to look in a rearview mirror? Yeah. I was going to look for some sort of like factual <laughs> evidence of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I came across this. I think I Google searched like haunted cars. Oh. <laughs> And I saw this and I was like, what the hell? So I can't find this article I'm looking for. But so in Indianapolis, they find this seat of a Jeep laying in a parking lot of like Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that with blood all over (gasps) it and human teeth in it. Uh. Yes. But after some research, they got, I don't know, VIN numbers or whatever from the seat and they figured out it was a, a Jeep that was part of a suicide scene in West Virginia and they sold it to somebody in Indiana, apparently without cleaning it out after the suicide. Oh, my God. If anybody knows more about this story, it's killing me. Why would they sell this Jeep without cleaning it out? I mean, the teeth from the suicide were in this seat. No. Covered in blood. So that's kind of paranormal in the news. It kind of goes with your story. But it's so creepy, Right. Right. But your story was excellent. It was really good. No, I, I had heard about the curse, and I just thought it was more like, I thought the car survived, and that people people kept buying it and yeah. then crashing it. But and and like, duh, at that point, right. it's just bits and pieces. It reminded so. me though of one of the stories I did on the first couple episodes with the airplane, the crash, and they like oh, parted it out, and then exactly. Yeah. That's a good one. What was that like episode two? I think it was episode yeah, two. Yeah, that was so good. But yeah. I still, why would, why'd they put it on another flatbed? I guess it had been two years since it smashed the other guy. Yeah, but still. What are the odds, though, it being put on another flatbed, smashing another guy? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Whoever stole it, kudos. Right. I hope it is. They part probably of the died. Car. They probably did. They They're fell off a cliff dead somewhere. And nobody no can knows find where them. this car yeah, is. Exactly. Uh, Well, my story is more of a haunting and kind of, I know I warned you that I had kind of a interactive story that will include you as well. Uh Um, And this kind of goes along with the launch of episode two on Amazon Prime. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Parramatta Jail in Sydney, Australia. See what I did there? Uh Um, There's not a whole lot of... What I'm going to do is I'm going to pretty much tell you the history of the jail. Because we don't really do that in our no. episodes. And and it's very interesting. We got, kind of got the tour, and it was a year ago, so I yeah. fucking forgot it. But we anyway. also don't like to like really research locations before we go in. Because then it like it tells other people's experiences there. And we don't want to hear that. We just no. want to go in with an open mind and form our own opinion. Exactly. And sometimes uh, when you get these tours and they said, this always happens here, right. is it your brain trying to make, trying it, happen? To yeah. make it happen? So that's kind of why we kind of go in cold. We get a tour as to, hey, this place has great activity. This room has great activity. But that's about it. But back to Parramatta Jail, which jail is spelled G-A-O-L in Australia. And mm-hmm. it throws me off every damn time. It's located just out of Sydney, Australia. It's about a half an hour 
Uber ride, if memory serves. I think our way there was much longer because we were stuck in traffic. Oh, I thought our way back was much longer. I thought maybe I was well, just we so drop sleepy. Off. Yeah, it was so sleepy. Sorry. So the first jail, almost said goal, and I will throughout this story. I should have just typed jail. jail. Was built in 1796. Governor John John Hunter was irritated by the robberies which continued to be committed in the new penal colony of New South Wales. He therefore reserved, resolved to build a much-wanted jail at Parramatta and Sydney so that the quote-unquote pests responsible might be secured. The Parramatta jail site was a little apart from the township on the north bank of the river near the south boundary of the present Prince Alfred Park. The current jail... Um, <clears throat> was built in 1835 and was open till 2011, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And actually being there, it didn't look like it was that old at all. Not at all. Um, the site of the current jail sits on land which was owned by Governor Bly. Governor Macari, and I'm probably butchering that name, was looking for a good place to build a more sturdy and substantial jail and the first choice of the site, which had the requirements of fresh water along the Parramatta River, was occupied by Bly's 105-acre land grant. Most of this information I took from APPI's website, yeah. which APPI was run by Pete, mm-hmm. who was our tour guide that night. In the wings, 96 single cells were located on the ground floors and 96 double cell cells on the upper two floors, each capable of holding six persons. Can you imagine six people in those cells? No. Hell no. Although the new jail was incomplete, the old jail was in such a bad state of repair that the new jail was proclaimed a public jail prison and house of correction on the 3rd of January, 1842. The original solitary confinement cells were located on the ground floor of one wing. I kind of miss one wing, two wing, five wing. Prisoners in solitary cells had no furniture. That's why he wanted the damn chair. That's why he wanted the chair. They didn't have any furniture. It all fucking makes sense that you have to watch the episodes on Amazon Prime to know exactly what we're talking about. Um, They slept on the stone floor with two blankets. They were supplied with a kid of water, which I have no idea what that was. I tried to Google what a kid of water is in Australian, and I have nothing. (laughs) In Australia. One and a half pounds of bread a day and a night tub, which was emptied every morning. They were also allowed books and a daily washing. Undressing at night was not possible as the irons on their legs prevented the removal of trousers. No wonder the people in solitary were so miserable and mean to us. How was how did their daily washing go about? Like a sponge bath? Probably. Whore bath? I don't know. That's the same thing, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> it remained open until its permanent closures in 2011. The craziest story... One of the crazy stories we heard while we were on the tour with APPI's ghost tours, Pete Banks, goes a little something like this. Leonard Keith Lawson spent 48 of his 76 years in prison. He worked as a successful commercial artist and photographer before becoming a violent criminal. 
Something in Lawson snapped when in 1954 he kidnapped five models, took them into the bush in North Sydney. He raped two and sexually assaulted the others at gunpoint. He what? What's the difference between rape and sexual? I was I thought I was asked, but you know. Mm, I kind of copied and pasted that from the site. That's okay. He was originally sentenced to death, but his sentence was commuted to a 14-year prison sentence. Wait, did he Wait. kill the girls? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he killed two and sexually assaulted the others at gunpoint. That sounds a lot like, uh... oh gosh, why does it go blank? What's his name? Sugar Plum? No, the, the guy from Washington that went to Salt Lake and then went to Florida. Oh, Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy. Yeah, it Kinda does sounds actually. Like um... Lawson's time in prison did not rehabilitate him at all. Once released on parole, he was working with a 16-year-old girl painting her portrait. During the course of the sitting, Lawson tied her up, sexually assaulted her, and then stabbed her to death. Oh, there it is. Horrible people in the world. I don't like people. I like ghosts. What's his first name? Leonard Keith Lawson. I know. I was trying to figure out if it was that guy we were talking about. Bitch face Leonard. Bitch face Leonard. Yes. We need a bitch face in every episode. Every episode now. You guys are doomed. Yeah, <laughs> Just for wait. sure. Um, the next day, he carried a gun into a Sydney Church of England girls grammar school. Oh and he took several students hostage during the siege. 15-year-old Wendy Sue Loosecombe was shot and killed. Ugh, I was really hoping to say Wendy Lou beat the shit out of him. Oh, I would have loved that, girl. I really thought that's where you were going, but... And it then, actually went a very different way. This is actually the story we heard on um, the tour because we didn't investigate where this happened because you're like, I'm not investigating in a church. Ten years into his second incarceration at the jail, Lawson attended a dance performance in the prison. At the conclusion, he jumped up on stage, grabbed a dancer, Sharon Hamilton. He had somehow acquired a knife, which he used to hold Sharon captive, Although she was eventually released by Lawson, she took her own life due to post-traumatic stress Wait, six years this is later. at the jail? Uh-huh. So they wear shackles where they can't take their pants off, don't get furniture, but they're allowed to go to dances? It was in the church. I remember Pete right, but saying, still, I don't know. I don't jail's know. weird. In well, this is after he's back in jail. So maybe right. he didn't have the shackles. The second time around? Oh, that was solitary. Okay. Maybe he so when you're just at jail, it's kind of like high yeah. school. Yeah. And then I have, in all caps, with two exclamation points, now talk about our experiences. This is where it becomes interactive. Are you ready? Yes. Um, another story that I didn't find anything on. Sugar Plum? You you can talk about Sugar Plum. <laughs> but the dude who cut up his cellmate. Yeah. And chopped him in little pieces and flushed him down the fucking yeah, toilet. All in a night. All in a that night. That's impressive. I went in there all by myself. I know. I don't know how I did that. That's honestly more impressive than the people that escaped Alcatraz. Oh, yeah. I almost said Azkaban. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, no, but seriously. Yeah. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Weren't we in another cell that somebody had dug out a place and escaped? Yes. Was that the old guy's wing? I don't know. We go to a lot of jails. No, I'm still all talking about Parramatta. Oh. People escaped? Yes. 
Yes, they it's dug out of a wall. Year. Yeah, they did. They did. Good. And didn't he like end up calling his grandmother or something? Yes, that's what happened. <laughs> he called his grandma, said, hey, I just got out of jail. He just said that he got out of jail. No, he said, get dinner ready. Yeah, get dinner ready. Because I'm about to escape. Oh, I thought he said, because I'm about to get out. And then she called to see what time he's getting out so she could pick him up or something oh, like that. Oh, that's exactly what it was. He didn't tell her he was going to Right. Escape. He just was like, hey, get dinner ready. I'm getting out today. <laughs> so she calls up to jail like, hey, what time's Billy Bob getting out so I can come pick him up? And they're like, he's not getting out. She's so like, they went no. to check his cell. He just told me. And so his grandma ratted him out. Oh, poor grandma. But good job, grandma. But back to the toilet flushing. Yeah. No, it's just... I don't want to talk about too much and give too much of the episode away. It's a two-parter in season two. Yep. Um, we had some amazing uh, interaction there. Yeah. Honestly, still to this day, that is the craziest, what I think is residual evidence that I've oh, yeah. ever experienced. And again, without this isn't going to give anything away. So... Kitsy and I both decided that we were going to put on our big kid pants and each go to our own whole building because there were several buildings. Right. And so there was had, like a football field in between these buildings. Right. So least. she goes to the one where the toilet flushing happened. Mm-hmm. I go to one that looked like it could still be in operation. Like, because it had been made up for a movie or filming or something. Yeah. It was all cleaned up and nice. So it didn't look too scary. So I'm in there. Less than three minutes. And I'm just, I keep hearing like something walking around. And again, we're in Australia. So there are animals and things that Very can large end your life that can kill in you. 12 seconds. Yes. And so obviously, and it's dark. All I have so is dark. the camera. And I'm like, what is that sound? Like there is something in here. Mm-hmm. So like she said, there were um, Pete and um, Alex. Alex, yep. They were on site, but they they weren't like investigating with us. They were just there to you kind know, of make sure, sure we, we were safe and not getting into trouble. And so I leave this building, and I was like, "Can you come in here?" Uh, because again, someone from Australia, I feel like they could you know handle this animal better than right. I could. And Rabbit koala, something. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so we're sitting there, and we hear it walking, and it sounds like it's. You actually have to delete this. So I go get him. And that's why you need to go listen to the episode because it wasn't an animal. It wasn't. It wasn't. But that's why you need to watch the episode because I swear, still to this day, it's some of the most prominent like residual evidence oh, yeah. that I've ever experienced. You were freaked the fuck out. I was actually freaked out. Yeah. I will say the most amazing thing I learned on that is my process of fear. When I was by myself, <laughs> I remember walking out to, to ask like Alex or Pete to come in, and I just see past one of the windows, Kitsy run past screaming. <laughs> Literally, it just like <laughs> it like fades away, and I'm like, "What is happening in that building?" So I'm I'm in this place all by myself, <laughs> and my process of fear goes like this: I'm terrified. I'm talking nice. I I start to, you know, feel a little uneasy, so I talk louder. I talk louder. <laughs> and but I'm still being nice and mm-hmm. respectful. And then 
I get really scared. And I just fucking get pissed. And I'm like, look here, motherfuckers. I think what happens in your head, though, is like, it's the whole silence thing. That's what that's so what scares quiet. us so much is yeah. when you're quiet, that's when you can hear things. Mm-hmm. And so if you're talking, you can't hear anything. No. Or And if you're really scared, if you're screaming, you can't hear anything. No. So it, she's not standing. She's screaming, just walking rapidly down these halls. That's why I love the Wonder Box so much because it's so much noise. See, and I have the opposite. Yeah. I just quiet? like, I shut up. Because I want to know if something's going to kill me, I want to know from which direction it's coming from. Well, that's when I got really scared is when I'm in there by myself. I've got just the speaker. I don't have the Wonder Box. Like up close to my ear listening to it, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I would not hear anybody come up and bum rush me right now. And that's now. why in some of these places, especially jails, when we have the Wonder Box or the Spear Box going, and it's so loud and it's all concrete and metal walls, so it just echoes endlessly. Mm-hmm. You're like, we're... This is how my and this was like a three floor prison, and it it was echoing everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this at all. (laughs) But it was a great episode. It was so much so that it had to be two parts. So right, I remember when I was editing it, I was like, I this will be the longest episode. Yeah, it will be the Avengers Endgame of Oddity (laughs) Files. Hey, let us know what you guys think about it. You can get a hold of us at. Oddity Files crew at Gmail. Let us know what you think about the reality TV show on Amazon. Let us know what you're thinking about the podcast. Um, I did want to give a shout out to uh, the folks over at the Parramatta. And am I even pronouncing yeah, that? Is it Parramatta or Parramatta? I think it kind of goes either way. Okay. So it's. I'll spell it for you. It's P-A-R-R-A-M-A-T-T-A-G. A O L Ghost Tours. So they spell jail G A O L. So it's Parramatta Jail Ghost Tours dot com dot AU. So definitely check it out if you're And they you're are out like a really cool bunch of people. They're very down to earth. Yes. And just like Pete is one of my favorite oh, people. Oh, Pete is still to this absolutely day. amazing. So if you ever find yourself in there or around Sydney, and you have like some time to spare, I it's absolutely worth checking out. Not even to investigate or anything like that. Just to go on a tour of the place to see its sheer scale. I remember so when we were walking huge. this. And again, it was an investigation that Carter couldn't be at. So it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do we do this in a night? And we couldn't. Like we there were buildings that even. we never went to. Yeah. And um if you're from the United States or from the UK, or really anywhere except Australia. You'll also see in the episode that their bats are the size of literal bu- like buzzards. They're so fucking. Their huge. wingspan is probably four feet wide. I was surprised we didn't get a ghost of one of those bats. When I saw one go by, I was like, "What is that bird? Like, it just <clears throat> looks weird." No, it and then legit, it hit me like, that it was a bat. And then, luckily, one had caught itself in the barbed wire and died, so we could see one up close. But it was. The biggest bat I've ever seen in my life. Like the bats that fly around my house. Oh, they're like they're mice. They're like mice. Yeah. This no. was like legit like one of those ginormous fucking crows. I'm not exaggerating. I bet its wingspan was four feet wide. Like as wide as my arm. Yeah. Easy. They were massive. And they're bats. Yeah. Australia shit. They have the weirdest animals over there and they can all kill you. All kill you. But There's- Yes. Go visit. You'll love it. You won't die. Yeah, yeah. And and if you can't make it to Sydney, head on over to 
um, Amazon Prime. Add Oddity <laughs> Files to your watch list and check it out on there. Um, I don't have like a very good segue for this, <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking go for it. Okay. I was at Lexington Comic Con. One sec. <clears throat> I was at Lexington Comic and Toy Show, or is it Lexington Toy and Comic Show? That's it. Toy right? and Comic Con. Yes, which was amazing. Met some wonderful people there. Um, what a great show. If you're in the area, you should check it out. But my brother from another mother, the other one, the younger <laughs> brother, is Jason David Frank. Yeah. And he was there. And we, I've been talking paranormal with him for a very long, a long time, time. Yeah. A very long time. And I'm going to just, I'm not, I'm not going to give too much information. I'm just going to let this play. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I've got um, my, my little brother I always wanted here with me. I've got Jason David Frank. We all know him as the white Power Ranger, sometimes the green Power Ranger. White's her favorite, but yeah, green. Yeah. Green, white, many other colors. Um, but he's got a ghost. He lives in a haunted house, right? I think my house is haunted. I really do. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've experienced stuff in my house, and I totally believe in that. Grant, Grant Wilson is a friend of mine. And uh, we actually, for my reality show, My Morphin Life, we did this little hunt. Uh, and uh, he gave me some tips and tools and uh, actually did experience some stuff. Not just at my house, but outside the house. So... Yeah, it was, and I know you're into this too. I told you know. I, talk I know, about it I know. You do talk about it, but yeah, I, I do feel that. I do feel um, just strange things. Yeah. So, tell me why you think your house is haunted. What's what's um, actually happened? Oh man, I've had lots of things happen what's in my house before. What's your ghost story, Jason? A uh, lot, too many of them. But uh, I think the biggest ghost story that for me was it was late at night. Uh, and Tammy, my wife, uh, she was, well, we kind of had a little bit of an argument or whatever. And, uh, I was in my, in my room, in my bed. And so she kind of came over and, you know, I saw her and she put her knee on the bed. I felt the bed go in and then she went to reach down to kiss me. And I was just one of those days where I was like, I'm not yet, not now. I'm just, you know, I, I just, Tammy, not now. And then all of a sudden she started backing up and looked really, really strange. And uh, she was wearing the same stuff that I that I noticed she was wearing. But when she was backing up, I was like scared. I was like, Tammy, quit looking at me like that. Stop, stop looking at me like that. And then she just went into the shadows and then just disappeared under this dresser. What? And so I woke up and I, I was, wasn't up. I was up. I was like, Tammy, what the heck? So I ran all the way upstairs to get Jenna and Tammy was sleeping with Jenna. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh my God, Tim. And she's like, I heard you scream. What's wrong? I'm like, oh, I thought you were down there. Like, what the heck? Like, I, it was just mind blowing. And, uh, you know, and then one time talking with uh, Grant, I called Grant because I was kind of freaked out. It was, I was you alone. You had him on your YouTube show, right? Yeah, I had him on my YouTube show. But this was like after my YouTube show. I just called him as a friend. I said, look, man, I said, I, I've been videoing stuff and seeing glitches and all my dogs are going crazy over a particular area. I said, I'm just freaked out right now. And he's like, okay, look, they can't hurt you. They're like poindexters, man. You give them the, you know, if you give them the, the fear, they're going to feed on it. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, it's just really, I'm, I'm experiencing weird things. And then I heard a scream. Ah, like this crazy devil scream. And As I, you were talking to as Grant. As I was talking to Grant. Now, I didn't want to say anything that looked stupid, but Grant goes, what was that? Oh, and wow. I said, oh, dude, I said, you're not, he goes, you're not going to believe it. I just heard a scream. He goes, no, I believe it. Okay, here's what you do. Go upstairs. Tell him to get out of your house. 
you know, they're, 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 they're wimps. You're tough. You're a fighter. Go up there and turn on the lights, look everywhere, and say, get out of my house. And that's what I did. And uh, But there was many stories like that. Yeah. And so did it's just, things seem to quiet down a little bit then? Or? You know, it's... Uh, it's tough. It really is because sometimes people don't like to think about it. You know what I mean? I think right. that, you know, things have controls over certain people. I mean, I remember Grant saying, oh, don't worry. Ghosts only come after people with psychological problems. I'm like, yeah, okay, Grant. No. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. Problem. Is there anything you need to plug? What do you got coming up? Well, I've been working on this. Uh, JDF Spoken Truth series. I write poems, and uh, I've been writing poems for many years. And finally, I just decided. Look at these layers to you. Yeah. I love it. You've never seen my stuff. Oh, I'm gonna have to send it to you. Okay. I showed it to everybody. Bruce and Sean Ashton's been a big fan of mine, pushing these things out. So I've got about 60 of them. I've already filmed four, uh, and they just keep coming. So I've been writing a lot, and I'm just passionate about it because it deals with everyday life. Yeah. Everyday yeah. life. Well, you're an inspiration to so oh, many, thank you. and that's awesome. And thank, thank you so much I for appreciate being it. on. Um, that's crazy. Right? Did you have any idea? No. And you know what's funny is I remember the first time I met him. So me being the HIM, I grew up in the smack dab middle oh, of the yeah, Power Rangers did. era. And so I was a huge Power Rangers fan. You can ask anyone in my family that I would not go like play with my friends until Power Rangers was over. And it was like every every different rendition and generation of Power Rangers they came out yeah. with. Um, and so <clears throat> when I met him for the first time, I remember being like, oh my gosh, like this is it's crazy. in the Green Ranger. Yeah. So that's so cool knowing that he had that experience. Oh, I know. And he's he's literally a part of the family at this point. We've been working with him for so long. Since basically the beginning. Yeah. And <clears throat> while you were watching it as a child, I was the mom that was going out to try to find the goddamn white tiger zord <laughs> for her children for birthdays and Christmas right. and shit like that. I remember scouring Toys R Us and that's why I'm hashtag White Ranger because I did finally. Well, I didn't find it. Chris, my husband, found it, but we got the goddamn tiger. Zord. I just remember I had this giant like plastic Megazord mm-hmm. that like walked on its own and like. Oh yeah. It was loud as Power hell. Rangers was a shit. Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jason is a great guy. Yeah. He's part of a amazing franchise, and we are so honored to have him on the show. Yeah, thank you so so much. Yeah. So uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Um, Check out our website, oddityfiles.com. Click shop for merch. Um, We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, at oddityfiles. We also have a Facebook page and a secret private Facebook fan group called Oddity Files Fan Group. I can never get that right. (laughs) No, but what's really cool about the fan group is that like we sometimes leak some information there or we like do. drop hints at who our next celeb guests are going to be and stuff like that. So if you are interested in being in the know, yeah, right over there. And sometimes we'll do this live on there, which we haven't done in a hot minute. I know. Which we should probably do that again I know. soon. So, yeah. Well, jet lag <laughs> and not as an excuse this time because when Kitsy and I got back from Australia – how long did we use jet lag as I'm still going to use it for three weeks. As long as we could. Yeah. But for real jet lag because it's now 8 p.m. here, which, no, it's it's almost 10 o'clock. What? When did that It's happen? almost 10 o'clock here, so that's 3 a.m. 
yeah. two days ago. And so, hashtag wine. So you're not even the weakest link. We're the weakest link. We're the weakest link. And weird is the new cool. Goodbye.